Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Got a fun show for you guys today, the uh, all-NFL show here on a Tuesday, as it is every single uh, Tuesday at this time, uh, with 49ers hubs Evan Swords, and also uh, Laurie Fitzpatrick comes back on this edition of the program to talk about the AFC South. A lot of fun AFC South uh, conversations to be had. We talked about uh, some 49er running, uh, running back kind of scuttle, scuttlebutt, what's going on with the 49ers running backs and who's going to actually make the team. Uh, we talk about Brady returning uh, on Monday to the Bucks, and then get into our AFC South preview, why we're all pretty high on the Jags coming into this year, a big bounce back year for Trevor Lawrence. Questions about the Titans and moving on from AJ Brown, where they'll be this year. I'm betting on the Colts to win this division, why there's a case to be made that they might uh, be the number one overall seed in the AFC. Uh, going into this year and then why there's just uh, too many question marks and uh, just too unlikely uh, that the Houston Texans make any noise uh, in 2022 in this division and really in the NFL as a whole. So all that and more coming up with Evan and Laurie on the Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022 edition here on the program. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Taping this on a Monday evening. Evan Swords is here as he is at this time every single week, but he's also for the folks on youtubecom slash podcast a new view behind him. He has pivoted. I don't know if he's in the same room. He's moved around. He's had some wall art. He's got Robin Williams. He's got Spider-Man. He's got Iron Man. You could just say the Avengers. You can knock that one down real fast. Oh, is that? Okay. Well, now we all know, folks, that uh, Chase and the Avengers and the whole comic book thing does not uh, (laughs) come naturally to me because I was not going to piece that together until you said something. So I appreciate Uh, that, Evan. Uh, Are you remodeling? Like, what's happening to the room? Are you... You yes. investing in the video? Uh, no, 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 not really. I mean, I mean, I guess just by by accident, I guess, right? Because this is a much better backdrop than uh, my bed. Um, but no, I originally was like, hey, I'll put my computer desk in the room and then the girlfriend can have the rest of the room. And eventually uh, I just said, no, no more <laughs> of that. No, uh, but to be honest with you, it's such a weird like micro thing. But like, there the AC was like right here where I had the only mm-hmm. place I could fit my desk. So like, whatever I had to do anything, I, if I also wanted to not be hot because it's LA, I would just have like this AC on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just we kind of swapped things up. It just made more sense. That would be weird. Be just the AC room. working next to an AC unit like that. I was wondering how that worked for you. I just was like, do you just get bruises all day because you're just you it. don't know it's right next to you, so you just smack it when you're moving you out know, of there. You would think you'd love it, and I I would love it normally, but like it mm-hmm. was like there. But yeah, and in fact, when I used to record, I just would put my desk against that wall. Mm-hmm. So interesting for the podcast listeners. Too bad. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I, I thought it was a nice switch up. There you go. Also here, returning to the pod after some time away, Lori Fitzpatrick. Lori, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's a it's a beautiful Monday here in in wonderful Miami. Um, I'm a little jealous, though, of that AC unit you had because it's like 100 across the board every single day here. So 
I would love an AC unit. I have to turn my fans off so the sound isn't in my mic, and then I'm sweating halfway through podcast. So, yeah, it sucks. But <laughs> otherwise, my Monday is great. How about you guys? Good? Doing good. Doing good. Not too bad. Uh, last semester of grad school starts back. The middle of this week, Tennessee football's back next week. Very excited about that. Falcons are technically playing tonight against the fourth stringers uh, with the Jets. And I just, I can't do it. There are some real sickos who are diving into the tape on Falcons Jets tonight, but I can't do it. I'll, I'll watch what I need to and divvy that up tomorrow. But I just, I can't, I can't do the preseason games. I've tried for years. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think it's a little different when you have like a number one overall pick or you have a new quarterback and it's like, I'll watch the Desmond Ritter snaps and stuff like that. But outside of that, you have a new first round. I mean, no, no, we don't. No, Ritter, he's, 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 we'll see. He's a third rounder and not a franchise guy. A little different when you have Trevor Lawrence and then Trayvon Walker in back to back Mm. years. Right, Laurie? Like you just like how, how much excitement is there? I think in Jacksonville that I'm just so curious about because uh, you have just the season from hell last year with Urban Meyer and company. And then it just seems like reading the reports and reading the offseason reports and the optimism, everyone's just feeling good with Doug Peterson in there and just having an adult in the room who knows how to has just a great track record of working with quarterbacks. And you invested the number one overall pick in the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. I mean, are the vibes pretty strong right now in Jacksonville? Well, for starters, preseason Jacksonville football is like the best time every year, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because it's like, does it really count? And like, we can win, you know, type of type of feeling in in Jacksonville. Um, There's hope. Yeah, there's hope, right? You get to kind of see like, okay, who's our depth chart um, players and it's basically any team that's in the rebuild mode. Preseason is kind of fun. Uh, you get to kind of see where you're at, and and you have a new coach, so you could see kind of how the offense is is being put together and and the rapport. Um, but when you're in rebuild mode, that preseason, when one thing goes wrong, then everything kind of comes down on you. You oh, this guy's going to be inaccurate. You know, maybe. Uh, Maybe this player isn't cut out to to be here type of stuff. So there's definitely a lot of overreaction. Um, but in all in all, it's been really fun. It's been a cool ride uh, so far, especially with Doug Peterson back there. Like you're saying, working with uh, working with uh, Lawrence and seeing the tight ends getting involved and seeing um, a really good fifty fifty uh, uh, in terms of like running like rushing and passing there's there's definitely there's definitely a good balance there uh last year it was like okay let's just make trevor lawrence throw the ball a million times a game and put everything on his shoulders right so it's good to have peterson back there you know throwing the ball to etn in the backfield and james robinson and and running it up the gut and on a lot of different variations in terms of the run game i mean you made the falcons look like world beaters last year i remember how much fun that was because that season was not fun whatsoever for me this past year, uh, Lori. And that game was a lot of fun in Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence was, oof, that was uh, running for his life. Just no run game whatsoever in that one. That was another just brutal where I just, what is the plan in Jacksonville? Um, you also got the rare CJ and EJ 
quarterback, uh, backup quarterback backup uh, situation that you just don't see very often. CJ Beathard, EJ Perry. Uh, yeah, that was interesting, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, well, I think there was something where like the Eagles wanted EJ, uh, mm. and somehow, uh, somehow you know the Jags got him. Uh, they just got rid of Jake Luton, uh, which was good because he looked terrible. So. So yeah, I got the CJ and EJ. There are some people that kind of wish Minshew was still the backup, though. Mm. Um, but like he said, you know, he he uh, doesn't take number twos, so he's number one only. That is so, his thing. And um, now he's number two. So well, not in his mind. That man is like, <laughs> I'll sleep in the parking lot. I will uh, lock out QB one if I have to. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do um, to get to be QB one. But yeah, we'll see what happens with Gardner this year. Um, Evan, your 49ers though, you had some running back stuff. Trey Lance still playing well. You at least get to watch Trey Lance play football for the first time in a long time. Uh, it's an exciting time if you're a Niner fan. I mean, Niner Twitter is forever in a state of just chaos. Um, and you being one of the leaders of said chaos, uh, I appreciate your service, uh, in that regard, but what uh what's going on with the running backs? What uh what is concerning you at the moment there? Well, I mean, like the whole 49ers situation has been pretty fun. The offseason's been pretty cool. You know, uh the the defensive line is looking like it's going to be absolutely dominant. I do think the 49ers are gonna have the best defense in the NFL this year. I've said it before and been right about it. I'm expecting it again. They just look unstoppable. What but what's really like we joke about, you know, the 49ers drafting running backs, but like what's really interesting to me is like there was Jordan Mason, uh, undrafted free agent, naturally, uh, the progression of the Shanahan running back, right? <laughs> the, the starter gets injured, the backup gets injured, and and then, then of course, the, the dog whines in the back. That was a good call. We didn't make it 10 minutes. He was ready. Ah, right. The key uh, was perfect. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, you know, basically, the the 49ers running back situation is like we've had Trey Sermon who we drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. right? Supposed to be this this start, you know starting capable guy doesn't play last year essentially at all. Basically is in the doghouse. Uh, has looked really bad in camp and uh, you know and also in this preseason game. You know he was missing holes. You know he was missing the wrong running lanes, miss, missing blitz, blitz pickups, and a lot of the people that I trust think that there's a good chance that he doesn't make the roster. Whew. So if you're keeping score now, the 49ers drafted uh, Joe Williams their first year with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, one of the biggest busts uh, the 49ers have had drafted in a long time. Also, Ruben Foster as well. Um, but they draft Joe Williams. He doesn't pan out in any way, shape, or form. I don't, he doesn't even make an NFL team afterwards. I mean, he's just out of the NFL bad. And uh, you know, that guy in that situation, of course, my dog is now literally pulling the light down because, of course, he is. It's a puppy. Can you see him? Look at this little dog. That's Look at Milo. Oh. Look at Milo. He's if I wasn't showing so much leg with my short foot, I would have <laughs> kept that angle. Uh, no, but basically, Trey Sermon has looked terrible, uh, you know, for what you expect out of this guy. And so, you have a running back room that. Jeff Wilson is the guy that's been there forever. He started out on draft free agent himself, and he's kind of cemented a position guaranteed. Uh, you know, you have uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, who they drafted in the third round. A lot of people like, 
And Jermichael Hasey is kind of like a, you know, really like special teams, has a place, you know, is just there all around. But Jordan Mason's undrafted free agents coming in and looking really good. He plays really well in preseason. Uh, and my dog's jumping around on the couch right now. This is this is outstanding. I wish you guys could watch. Uh, but Jordan, you know, if he t- takes that roster spot, there's no room for Trey 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 mm-hmm. And if that happens, that's you know, it's an embarrassment of riches that the 49ers are that good at the running back spot. But I don't know, man. How many how many misses does John Lynch get? Well, when you look at this room now, you have me curious. So it's Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon. And you just drafted a uh, running back in the third round this year from LSU, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price. Uh, Jordan Mason, he just mentioned, and then Jermichael Hasty. So how many are they carrying? Like, who- Well, Elijah Mitchell I didn't mention because he's like the de facto starter. Right. Right. So it'll be Elijah. And- who you took in the sixth round. Right. Yeah, of course, because they drafted Trey Sherman. He didn't pan out. So they get the guy that, you know. Yeah. The rule here is just draft two every time. Going back to Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan would draft, you know, I think he drafted like eight running backs in his tenure with Denver. So, you know, it's 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 in the family. Um, but I don't know. I just – I thought it was such an interesting concept that you really expect – I don't know. What is it? Ohio State running back, right? Like mm-hmm. you expected a lot out of him. And he might not make the roster. That's pretty insane to me. But it's not a worry, right? Like it's like one of the things where the one – Kyle Shanahan's a lot of things, but one of the things we're not concerned about ever with San Francisco is like, whoa, what's the run game going to look like this right. year? But I don't, I don't look at Kyle here. I look at John, you know, mm. and who knows? Maybe that was Anthony Lynn saying, hey, I don't like your running backs. Draft Tyrion Davis Price and Jordan Mason. It will, mm. you know, he's new in the off, new in the regime, obviously with, um, I can't remember Bobby Turner out, you know, mm. retired. So who knows? But how much how many running backs can you draft that don't pan out before you go well all the undrafted free agents have looked great you know i don't know that would be a good case study of trying to figure out i wonder what kyle's answer to that would be though is why it seems like his guys that he just takes a flyer on late workout and the ones that he actually invests in and think are going to be good just aren't i can tell you exactly okay Well, uh, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna draft uh we're gonna we're gonna draft whoever we we need we're gonna we're gonna give the team the best chance of uh uh to win and I'm gonna do you know I can't guarantee at any given time that any running back uh mm-hmm. is gonna make the roster uh but uh we're gonna just uh you know like that's that's what he's gonna say I don't know mm-hmm. some unnecessary thing I don't know long story short though who knows if if Trey Sermon even makes the roster uh 49ers have looked really really good so far at the positions of need it's gonna be a strong year for them are you just as high on the Niners right now Lori uh yeah I mean I really I really like their defense you know obviously I think that it's hard for them to get a running back because they're more of a passing, like they're, they're pass first type of offense. Um, Debo works so well in that case because, you know, they're not expecting it because he's so versatile. So it's like to get somebody that would fit perfect in the offense would have to just be uh, somebody they didn't plan for who happens to just work out, honestly. So that's probably why the undrafted free agents do well. Uh, just because, like, he probably isn't good at determining, you know, which type of back would be 
would be good for my offense because maybe he's just really focused on the pass. Um, but running backs nowadays are, you know, really good ones are far few in between, really, just because of how all teams are pass first. The most successful ones seem to be the ones that can run guys over. Um, they're the only ones that are really uh, valued and seen as, uh, you know, those like they're, they're the only ones that are like feared, you know, and not a ton of guys have that that speed nowadays because they'll just like throw them in the slot run over the middle you know mm-hmm. so it's it's like when was the last time we had like a chris johnson in the league you know yeah. they're, they're they're returning kicks and that that's about it you know Raheem they're, they're, Mostert, he, if he could ever stay healthy yeah exactly and then so. you got whatever uh jacksonville's doing where they're like well what if we just made travis Etienne like a full-time receiver slash running hey, back what if- <laughs> that that was not doug peterson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but you look at that. He James Robinson is was the most successful, and he's undrafted too. Yep. So I, I am curious. So as a 49ers fan, I oh God, I wish I had just I, – I feel like I'm always in. As a 49ers fan. No, but really, though, I, like, have a passionate hatred for Trent Baalke. And so I'm, in that nature, just in general, I'm very interested in what happens with the Jaguars, right? Like, you're – Taking Trayvon Walker is really interesting to me because I saw people say the same thing about Alden Smith and him being right about Alden Smith. You know, and I look at the Travis Etienne pick, you know, I can't pronounce his last name. And you, you say the same thing. You're like, well, James Robinson was like one of the most exciting, like, you know, diamond and a rough players uh, of the season. As, 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 as covering the Jags, looking at them, like, what are your thoughts on these kind of swing for the fence moves? Well, I was really pissed about the ETN pick. Um, mm. I was, I was really angry about that. Um, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't know if that was a bulky pick there. I know that Trent bulky definitely was Trayvon Walker. Um, he's more of like that D line um, evaluator, uh, which he seems to be pretty good at. I mean, that was a shot like like a shot in the dark kind of because, you know, Trayvon Walker had, what, six sacks? And it's like, how do you take a shot on a guy that only has six sacks? Like, that's just wild. And so, you know, it's before they all decided, okay, we're going to go with Trayvon Walker, the end of last season, that's why all the Jaguar fans had clown emojis on their avies on Twitter, and they wore clown outfits because they hated Trent Baalke. So everybody in the Jacksonville community felt how you feel, Evan, honestly, it was like that, but it was just like, like people were telling him to leave the position. They were standing outside of the stadium. They were recording themselves saying, yo, Trent, can you just like, can you just leave our organization? And he would just like laugh it off. And I get it. we, We got to a point where it was just like, okay, like what are these fans supposed to do now? You know, they're, they're not being heard. They're not, gonna fire Trent because Trent was using the whole argument as it was urban it wasn't me it was urban that's the only reason why so well that's what the he owner does. well yeah and I think that's everybody a very good thing it's oh it's the coach not me the next thing you know the coach is fired he's stuck yeah and it was funny stuck. because er, um, Ian Rappaport was like you know saying all these leaks were happening and everybody was just tagging Trent like oh these are your, that's your leak right because it just seemed like he was the rat in the organization. He was like telling everything to urban and kind of blowing it all up. 
and then Urban blew it up himself. But yeah. it was just like he kind of set that, like he 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 hit that first domino in a way, where it was just like you know, we don't know what he's doing. Um, but you know now now Trayvon Walker is actually doing well. Like he he looks really dominant. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 really like a breath of fresh air and they must have looked at each other as soon as that very first snap happened against Las Vegas and that Hall of Fame game. They must have looked at each other like, thank God he actually turned out to be like decent because that was really like a shot in the dark. So what um, about ETN? Is that the I mean, like, do I am I safe drafting him in fantasy this year? No. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Are, are you in on ETN still, Lori? Um, well, I wasn't at all. Okay. Like, I, I didn't like that pick at mm-hmm. all. Like, I really like James Robinson. Yeah. But all of their backups seem to be terrible. So Snoop's it, not performing pretty well. Like, well, not, no, yeah. in the last game, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. But, but it would, but like before that, you know, the, any anybody that they had just didn't seem to really do even half as well as James Robinson. Mm-hmm. So. But then when you look at ETN, they seem like kind of similar. Um, mm. But these last few weeks that ETN has gotten snaps, he's looked really good. He's he's definitely he's he's had some missed tackles at the line of scrimmage. After the line of scrimmage, he's gotten a couple of first downs. I think he's looked really well. It's going to be hard for them to to balance. Uh, you know which guy is going to get the ball. Um, it's really going to be a hot hand type of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know who whoever is doing well. And I think there's a good chance that ETN can prove his worth to kind of stay in until maybe he only has like a three yard gain and then they throw James Robinson in. We'll see what he does. If he doesn't do well, go back to ETN type of thing. So I think he is worth the pick. Yeah. And I I, I will say like the way James Robinson plays, like I, I feel like having someone to compliment him is a very good thing. Yeah. So. It does like he does seem like momentum helps him though so like if you take him out too soon then he won't perform at all so you kind of have to like go through the motions maybe in the first quarter like let him play it out because like his vision like he works up to it almost every game it's like he he never really comes out of the gate firing like he kind of works like maybe third down he just out of nowhere you know breaks a good 15 yards but he never breaks any really like he's never super explosive where he breaks a 40 yard run that rarely happens he's like a 67 chevy he's got to get warmed up yeah yeah and then and then he's never gonna break one like you know for a good 60 yards like etn though he might so yeah interesting um well speaking of etn and the jacksonville jaguars well, actually, no, before we get there, before we do our AFC South preview, um, quickly, on Tom Brady, who is back playing with the ones this week, uh, the planned absence is over. Uh, the speculation, I guess, is over. Uh, he had a planned vacation with Giselle, and Brady, uh, it does not appear, is going to be on the Mass Singer as much as we all hope that would... Like, what I am personally hoping for is both are true, is that Did you see he, the tweet? Say it again? Did you? I don't. I don't know. Did you see his tweet like four seconds ago? No. What did he just tweet? I just, literally. I was waiting for you to finish because I thought that's what you were talking about. No. So he just he just tweeted or he quote tweeted his uh, clothing brands, underwears oh, no. brands. Yeah. It's like a guy in his underwear riding a motorcycle doing a wheelie, uh-huh. and he's like was wasn't on the Mass Singer, 
but I was wearing a mask and it was like, I, I guess implying that he was on the motorcycle, which obviously he wasn't. And it's Brady underwear. Yeah, Are we no sure clips. Brady's going to be good at commentary? Are we sure we're ready for post-retirement? Uh, so uh, first and foremost, let's just like, get it out of the way. Tom mm-hmm. Brady has nothing to do with any of his social media. He has one of the best social media teams I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean that sincerely. Their content's incredible. But he has nothing. He's not tweeting this stuff. He's not that funny. A guy like Tom Brady is not sort of like running out, quipping out tweets like, oh, this one's about to be a banger. Like <laughs> he has an entire team and I am not excited for when the day comes that he has to be in front of a camera because I imagine he's going to be bland as hell. That's what I worry too. I mean, the money is just so ridiculous for what he's getting for Fox and this investment and this idea. I just, it's so strange because I mean, I think Sean Payton would be a lot better uh on tv and i think he'd be better at this particular game like you just go up and down the list like even mcfee whoever like there's just a lot of guys i'd probably put in front of oh tom brady's gonna be fun uh drew Brees was not good like we saw we we listened to some drew Brees playoff games and i think he did didn't he do Bengals raiders i seem to recall um he was just he's bland and he's just not maybe it takes time but it's just not it's not there but it makes you appreciate guys like chris collinsworth a lot more because they're he's just so oh Lori's not a chris collinsworth person he's my favorite I, I i really enjoy chris collinsworth i play too much madden to like him interesting oh i don't he's know if you guys ever in. played like madden <laughs> but he was the uh, most annoying madden like commentator or whatever I'm not going to lie. I've never in my life been able to get into Madden or NBA 2K. I just, I like, I love video games to play all the time. But for that stuff, for some reason, it just never scratched that itch, I guess hmm. I would say. It's been a lot of time on Madden back in the day. Madden, yeah, so you kind of know what I mean. I don't yeah. know. It's just like his voice. Like, I'm not, it has nothing to do with how much value he adds. It, mm-hmm. Not that at all. Um, Because uh, he does add value, but. Um, in terms of like really good commentators, Tony Romo is awesome, I think. And I did not like Tony Romo. Like, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. The Cowboys were like, if you like the Cowboys, you're pretty much not allowed in my family's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was never like a Tony Romo like person. But him being on the broadcast, like, oh my God, he's awesome. Like, he predicts everything, and it's like exactly what he says. <laughs> well, I think we're like in a. By and large, I think the NFL is in a really good place commentary wise. If you go up and down the list of like with Thursday Night Football, I mean, I don't understand how Thursday Night Football has hired as many people as they have. Like, isn't Richard Sherman involved in this, Evan? And you just go up and down the list of all the people who are like appearing on the sidelines and doing work for this Amazon Thursday Night Football. It's pretty wild. You go through it and you're like, Kirk and Al will be great. Um, You look at uh, Sunday and you go through Greg Olson, I think is really good. Um, and I think Greg Olson's probably going to be a star um, as a color commentator this year. He's going to be really good. I like Burkhardt a lot. Um, obviously, Joe Buck and Aikman on Monday Night Football will be good. I don't know. I just I think I'm pretty happy by and large with just about every broadcast. The one that I don't think will I, I don't I think Greg Olson will be better than Tom Brady, and it just doesn't matter because Tom Brady is going to get this opportunity and i just i don't think he's built for it like peyton manning's built for it if peyton manning wanted to be the lead color commentator in the nfl he could do that and be really really good at it um but i just don't think 
I don't think Brady's wired the same way. Like, I'm looking at uh, Brady versus Manning next to me in that book, and just everything you read about Brady, it just doesn't signal. Let me <laughs> let me just, let me just uh, let mm. me just let me make it as I'll say the things that I don't know that you would or could say. Oh, no. um, <sighs> Peyton Manning is hilarious. He's he's a funny guy. Mm. He has made he's laughed at his own expense people he's he's laughed at his like the, he's got a big head jokes he's laughed at being the goofy older brother he's gone on snl he's got a great personality he's hilarious tom brady comes into the nfl gets a hundred thousand dollars worth of plastic surgery and is single-handedly tried to like just just materialize a life that was not real. Like everything about him is fake. His social media team, his plastic surgery, like all of it. I mean, the only thing that is real about Tom Brady, I think is that competitive drive and like hard work. Like that man is motivated to win. I think he's the most competitive person on earth next to like the late Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. But like, I don't want that guy in front of a camera. I don't, I don't care what Tom Brady says. Like, I don't know, even Kobe and all of his like fire and like, you know, motivation that he had to win and succeed and all things like that. Kobe was funny, nice guy, fun to be around. Right. Like, but he was going into like directing where he was like, I'm going to be behind the scenes. I think Kobe knew that he would not have the personality for inside the NBA. I like, think he knew yeah, that Michael Jack and, him were wired and Tom Brady are like the same person. Like, I don't want to hear Tom Brady speak about sports. I don't want to hear Michael Jordan. Right. Because they're both mm. the same. They're like. I will work harder than everyone. Why can't you be as good as me? Well, I think it's just going to be so careful. They're so brand conscious. And I think yeah. that's a pro- that's something you can't be in this kind of role. It's like that brand conscious that I think Tiger's like this. I think it's just it, – it, I just don't see that evolving. I don't see Tom just – opening up that side of himself i just i don't see that personality coming out but we could be wrong maybe uh maybe he will change when he gets in the booth but i maybe he wants to that's why he took it may or i, I think the money might be a bar i don't know it's like one of those things where they keep throwing money and they're like tom what about what what about we just give you this what if we give you this what if we give you this and he's like all right fine i guess there I'll has to be a line though somewhere like his wife makes so much money yeah it's like you know, if he makes so much, they both do. Yeah, she but, makes way more than him, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, they could literally, like, I, I just, I don't understand. That. I mean, that's an entirely different podcast, but I don't understand the mentality <laughs> of making as much money as you make and having Giselle making and like, like having the family that they do, and they all go, like, Brady's like one more year. There's there is zero point zero percent chance that the Bucks win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, that's definitely not true. No, no, no. You can't First say off, that. I, no, I, no, I, I thought that before the injuries, and you're now really after out on the, the Bucks issue. No, no, no. The end. Are you kidding me? They just lost two of the their offensive line off. stuff is co- concerning right now. Yeah, that is concerning. Yeah, it's concerning. Tom Brady is a statue. I mean, Tom Brady's getting the ball out quick though. Like, Tom yeah, Brady's and he makes yeah he makes the decisions pre snap. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen. I, I agree that you're, the points you were making are very right, but like, there are too many powerhouse teams this year. Tom Brady and some pre-snap motions are not going to get this done this year. The NFC's open. Like, if it was the AFC and the Bucks were having to try and get out of the AFC with the Bills and company, I would probably share that sentiment. But I just think 
the path to winning the NFC is just not that arduous for the Bucks. I really I don't, don't. This division's the, the NFC the South is going to suck this year. Like you go up and down the list, I, I think the path is very easy for the Bucks to be a top two seed in the NFC. And if Brady's healthy, I just I don't see how they don't find their way into the at least the NFC Championship game. They have the seventh e- easiest schedule too. Yeah, because they didn't do that great last year. Right. I don't know. I'll we'll see. And you know uh, how Brady knows how to work the scheduling the, games. I mean, they have they have the Cowboys, Saints, Packers, and Chiefs to start the season out. That's, Saints though. I mean, Jameis played pretty well last year. Saints are the biggest. I, I I have no idea what to do with the Saints uh, this year. We'll see. Um, the AFC South, though, which I think the AFC South, it's one of those situations. I feel like, and Lori, as uh, any AFC South expert and seeing how this division works every single year, one of the things I've noticed each and every year, and I think this bugs a lot of Titans fans, especially the Titans fans I know in Tennessee, is that everyone's just penciling in the Colts. Each and every year. It's like the Colts to win the AFC South. Colts to win the AFC South. This is the year that Chris Ballard to Indianapolis Colts win the AFC South. And it's because everyone likes what Chris Ballard does. Everyone likes the team that they're building each and every year. They're like, oh, this makes sense. Every draft, like I swear he's gotten an A on every draft grade he's done in Indianapolis to this point. And it just hasn't really all come together yet. And then the Titans just... They're like, yeah, we're just going to be the number one overall seed in the AFC last year. And it just feels completely forgettable that they just did that. And I I don't know. Like, I, It's clear that Vegas, uh, and we should run through this to start off, is that like Vegas has the Titans and Colts both at nine and a half uh, projected win total uh, with the Colts as a slight favorite again to win what? the AFC South. Yep. Uh, I don't understand how, and when you say, you know, these Titan fans are mm-hmm. saying, oh, the Colts are, you don't understand it. That's not my perception. My mm-hmm. perception is that the Titans are always the team to beat yeah. in the AFC South. Like Derrick Henry, and somehow they always pull together with a quarterback. Like, even though Ryan Tannehill is like, you know, whatever, he still does a decent job. Um, the Colts, it's always like the Jaguars always have their number. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't feel that way. Like, and it's wild to me that, like, you hear that and then you just say Vegas has the Colts. Like, that, I mean, I could see it maybe now because of Matt Ryan, but like with Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, like, there was no fear, like, in my eyes last year. I mean, your for, team for literally Colts. ended the Carson Wentz era. In, in Indianapolis. Like, that was it. Like, what you did to Carson Wentz in that game and that implosion was it. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't I don't understand well, that, but it's crazy. We also have the Jaguars at six and a half, which I think is the most interesting line of the four, and then the Texans at four and a half. Does that feel about right when you look at this division, that 10-ish wins for the top two, six and 11, seven and 10 maybe for the Jags, and then like four and 13, maybe even just five and 12 at the best for the Texans? Does that feel about right when you're looking at this division? Uh, kind of. Um, I'm not like super optimistic about the Jags, honestly. Mm. Like six and a half would be great, um, you know, coming off of the two wins that they had. Uh, it's really hard to tell. Um, mm. And as someone who's just like, you know, been following them for a long time, but then I covered them, um, you know, 
it's hard to say that they're going to get seven wins. Like that's that's really tough. I mean, they do have a decent schedule though. They don't they don't go like back to back with really good teams. Like only only twice do they go back to back with like hard games. Um, now the Titans they have a they have a harder schedule. Um, they have. I mean, I I do think that's accurate. Um, but they're you know that they do have a little bit of a harder schedule. Um, six and a half, though, I, I can't say it's generous. It sounds about right, though. It sounds about right. I'm just a little more, like, on the pessimistic side, maybe. I, um, I, I just, I think the Jags, I'm buying. Like, if I go through this, I'm probably taking the over on the Colts, taking the under on the Titans, taking the over on the Jags, and I'm taking the under on the Texans right now. Yeah. If I'm looking at those four. I would agree uh, with that completely. Um, Peterson does bring a whole new vibe. Yes. Lawrence's second year, their defense looks a lot better. Saxonville may be back. I can go <laughs> on and on about the positives. Mm. It's just like putting that number on like seven is just, it's hard. You know, it's its hard for me, but I, I would agree with all of the over-unders that you said. I'm curious. What do you think, Evan? Of those four over-unders, do you disagree with any of them? I don't know. It's not that I disagree with any of them. That said, I have, I, I'm, you know, we've talked about this before. My best friend is a Titans fan. I mm. have no faith in the Titans as long as Brian Tannehill is the quarterback. Uh, I think every year you get about what you uh, expect from him is like, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo effect. Decent, but but worse actually. Decent regular season and then struggle towards the end. Um, but I just I I have no concept of how to gauge the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. You know, Trevor is Trevor. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think everyone, football fans all across the world, want to see that happen. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I want a reclamation project on you know the Andrew Luck narrative, right? Mm. Andrew Luck was supposed to be the greatest thing to ever happen and then I felt like he never got a shot, he got injured, the Colts, you know, all that. And then then he was just gone in a way and now he's probably playing World of Warcraft. And I would love to see Trevor Lawrence, Trent Baalke be damned, have his chance, have a good runway with a solid roster and you know, I love the Trayvon Walker pick if he does pan out because you know, what better thing to do when you have the number one pick and you draft an offensive player the next year? Go defense, right? I hope it works out, but I just don't know how to gauge it because there's so many unknowns. James, James Robinson, like we talked about, is incredible. He's an exciting player for being an undrafted free agent. But what does ETN do, right? How do they fit together? If they pan out, if they're a good one-two punch, that could be really exciting. If it's a bust pick and, like, you, you guys shouldn't have drafted a running back there, you know, that's that can be weird. Uh, I see the Jaguars as having a lot of over-the-top potential on smashing that over if things go right. But there's so many variables that it's hard to say whether or not those things will happen. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence seems like a great kid, and I would certainly love to see football Jesus out there slinging it. But, like, what if Lawrence makes the leap? That's why it's just – when people are worried about Jacksonville, the NFL, this happens so fast. We see this with so many quarterbacks in year two. Like, this is a thing. We see this in college football, too, with head coaches where they're like, oh, year two, is he really going to? Yeah, no, that's what happens. Like, you college football, you know whether or not a coach is going to work after year two. Um, it's a really, really tough business, but 
it's very evident uh, very quickly uh, where the program is going after year two. It's like we're in year five and Scott Frost, it's like still has not won six games in Nebraska. And it's like, well, we, we had a pretty good inclination because every other uh, coach before him had won at least eight and we're fine. Um, I think something that's interesting with Trevor Lawrence is that like people who are worried if he might be ruined based on what last, none of that's a, a real thing. I'm, I'm not concerned about any of that. I also just look at, they raise the floor, I think is the biggest thing. Like I am not certain. I think that they're anywhere close to the ceiling. I have questions about, I have questions about how much money they invested in certain guys this off season, yeah. Yeah. but it's enough that it raised the ceiling with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, where it's like people did not like the numbers mm. involved with some of them or the targets, but you look at it. I've always liked Marvin Jones and you look at this rotation and you look at it and you're like Marvin Jones, Zay Jones in the slot. And then Christian Kirk out wide, that's a big upgrade to what Trevor Lawrence had last year. And I think about where, what kind of team they're building and the other underrated part of it. And uh, you can back me up on this or go against this, Lori. I'm curious to get your perspective on this is that the Jacksonville offensive line's good. And they bring back a lot of returning talent. I, their biggest question mark is at right tackle, but it's again, it's two people battling that I think will be fine at that spot. And it's not his blind spot. I think, that's important. It's like, this is not a train wreck offensive line for him to be behind. He's going to, his main targets are all vets out wide. I, I think the floor just got raised significantly where Trevor is going to have a lot of veterans to turn to and a good offensive line and a great defense this year with a lot of playmakers all over the place that I just think the floor got raised so much from that two win uh, team two seven eight nine something like that like i would not be surprised if they're flirting with 500 and it gives me some strong name redacted houston early days with name redacted that's what they kind of remind me right now you also know what it's like to have matt ryan one Mm -hmm. of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen in you know in this era of football on a team and you know outside of kyle's magic that he had matt ryan's played on really you know Decent teams and they couldn't get it done many, many, many years, you know. So I I mean, if if Trevor Lawrence ends up being as good as early years, Matt Ryan, like, do you think that's enough to do it? I mean, I think he's better. I think I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence guy. Like having watched him just so much in college, I <laughs> Trevor Lawrence winning a national title as a true freshman, and you just go up and down the list, like Lawrence is that dude. And I I just think people he was so boring. That was the thing is like people moved on because it was like just the obvious number one overall pick. It's like, of right. course, Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence. Of course you do this. But people got interested in the other options or it's like, well, yeah, you take Trevor Lawrence. It's OK. Let's not talk about Trevor Lawrence. We know he's the best one. So let's move on to somebody else. And he's just not as interesting because he he just got better every year in college and he never won a Heisman, which is still one of the craziest things. And if you go through this, it's like, oh, well, Joe Burrow was uh, had the best college football season of all time uh my last year at clemson so that kind of threw a wrench in things and you look at that and you're like you know i just (sighs) trevor lawrence is i'm a better like i when i look at that class the justin fields trevor lawrence and i think i said this at the time where i evan and you and i were talking about this was just that like i don't see trevor lawrence being able to bust i think he is bust proof i think there are quarterbacks who just are and Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys where even if the situation around him is sour, I think he can raise the ceiling enough. And now that you give him Doug Peterson and this offensive line and these veteran receivers and this good defense, 
I think he raises the floor too much in year well, two. I think he's going to have a really good year. To your point, yeah, if just real quick, if he's if he's better than Matt Ryan, you think? Yeah. I, I mean that tier early Matt Ryan. The, the only tiers after that were like that S tier Brady Manning, mm-hmm. right? So like, yeah, if he did, if he's that good, I mean, what are we talk? What are we talking about? Of course. Yeah, I mean, but there's, I I agree with you completely. If if he can. Like if he really turns it on with Doug Peterson, mm. I have no problem seeing eight, nine wins, one hundred percent. And I agree with you with him. Not, I don't think he's capable of being a bust. Yep. Um, I think there, what he, let's just say, there is no bust really because he he is a, such a good quarterback. There could be more of like that wave like type of quarterback where like one game he's outstanding and the next game he's like man what happened the next he comes back and answers with like five passing touchdowns and then the next game again he's like you know what happened like that's the only thing that kind of makes me nervous um but like that doesn't make him a bust either you know um but honestly i think peter peterson is that perfect that perfect piece of the puzzle that was missing to make him great. I, I see that. Um, I really like the offensive line too. People in Jacksonville don't agree. They think the off- offensive line is terrible. I don't think a lot of people wanted uh, Cam um, Cam Robinson to come back as left tackle. I loved him at left tackle. Mm. I don't like jo- Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Um, I don't think Walker Little is quite ready yet. Um, but I say, you know, have Juwan Taylor in there, then Walker Little will probably start, you know, maybe the second half of the season when Juwan messes up. Um, that is a little bit of an issue for me because Peterson went to the Super Bowl with the number one offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's why you can play with a terrible quarterback like Carson Wentz, who can run all over the field without getting sacked. Yeah, he worked his magic sometimes he's really elusive but he they had the best offensive line Mm. jaguars don't have the best offensive line um so it does make me worry a little bit the development of the plays uh you know those you know the the deep overs that the time that it takes for the receivers to get open um but i think they could be schemed uh to get open quickly um but it's it's up to to Lawrence, it's up to Lawrence to make those accurate throws when he needs to make them. Um, so yeah, if he is on point and you know him and Peterson work their magic, I could definitely see them getting like those eight nine wins. Um, and the floor kind of puts me at six. Mm. Like five would kind of be disappointing. Um, six I think would be right on the money though, um, because it, it does take a little bit little bit of time for for, you know, a, a coach and a, and a roster to kind of get put together. You know, uh, his two main targets, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, are both new to the mm. team. So it does take a little bit of time for them to kind of build a rapport. Um, we saw Christian Kirk kind of line up on the outside, which definitely isn't going to fit his, like, skill set. Yeah, he's fast, but does he really, like, spread the field? Um, I'm not sure he's not he's not like a 50-50 catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of makes me a little bit nervous. So I do feel like they're still missing that true X wide receiver that is like like kind of like what DJ Chark was. Mm-hmm. Um or like or you know 
I think we all kind of wish that um, that uh, what's his name, Lavisca, was a little bit better. If if he was, oh, I love he, Lavishka Chenault though. That's my dude. Col- yeah. the Colorado Lavishka Chenault tape is still an all. It's an all timer. Yeah. So like we we all kind of just want him to kind of show out a little bit more, like to his potential. And I think if he did, it would even though he's like the fourth wide receiver on the roster, it could still give them you know viable options uh, and and open that playbook a little bit more. Um, but I definitely agree with you. I don't I don't think. You know, there, it's possible for for Trevor to be a bust because he is that good. He he runs around like a gazelle. Like he, he when he runs the bootleg, um, you know they are biting that, and he can always roll out to the outside like to extend those drives. He did it um, all the time at Clemson. Yeah, and they, he didn't really do that last year yeah. with Urban at all. He was never running. Brian the ball. Schottenheimer was not m- making those calls. That was not uh, the Brian exactly. Schottenheimer playbook for him. And it was just they were making him do stuff that it, it's one of those. He was a classic case last year of like you drafted this guy who's really good at this thing, and you're like, well, we're not. That's not our philosophy. So we're gonna you're gonna not do the thing that you won a bunch of games a national championship at, and we're just gonna you're gonna do what we want to do. And it's like, well, then why did you draft Trevor? Like, why would you do that? Like, it just. It would be like Kyle Shanahan being like, all right, Trey Lance. Um, yeah. <laughs> what would be, I guess, we're, we're running the Josh McDaniels offense uh, where you're just the quick outs and uh, you're standing in the pocket. You're not moving around. Like, it's just, no, you're going to bootleg all the time with Trey Lance. You're going to push him out in space. Like, Russell Wilson, right. guess what? You're not sitting behind the you're not just sitting in the pocket like you're yeah. you're rolling out you're moving you're on the run but but that's also why people are saying that you know not that urban ruined him mm. but that maybe you know they need another year because yeah he's not a rookie but he's not running he wasn't running like a viable offense last year mm. so not that he has to relearn things but it may take him and Peterson like finding that magic. Like it may take maybe, you know, the first half of this season, you know, they, they may like lose a couple games before they really get it together. And then next year they're like, Oh man, they're, they're a 12 win team. Like, mm. you know, so that's why, like, I can't say like, you know, six would be, would be great. Uh, not, not great. Seven would be, seven would be great. I think six would be right on the money. Like they've clearly gotten better. If they don't win six, that's a little, it might be a little concerning, um, but then you just have to you just have to bring in some free agents. I think key free agents on the offensive line, maybe you know one of the tackles, uh, and then like I said, that key X receiver, like some really big name guy that like really you know takes the hat off. I think then it would maybe you sign OBJ in the middle of the year. Maybe that's who you sign if like things are cooking. And he's like, I want to go catch some passes from uh, Trevor Lawrence and maybe a wild card run potentially, like. You never know. Um, I also, and the last thing we'll say on the the Jags is for folks like you saw this too, like the last couple of games of the season. I mean, we talked about that indie game. I mean, he completed 71% of his passes, no picks. Um, you look at the week before 63%, 66% the year, the week before that he had a, a 59.6 uh, completion percentage as a whole. Like that was, accuracy was an issue, but if you watch him down the stretch last year, I mean, that's how you want to end it. He was not ending the season just, the kind of quarterback that we saw early on. I think he was kind of turning the corner at the tail end of last year and figuring some stuff out. Uh, and without adjusting. Urban. Yeah, without <laughs> Urban. Exactly. It, it, who would... Uh, <laughs> I think it might be a correlation there. Um, Evan, 
your best friend Titans guy, when you look at the nine and a half and you look at this Titans team, I think the biggest thing to me is the drop off from AJ Brown, who was shipped out to a team that did not want to pay AJ Brown. And we're like, we can, the new market is just drafting the receivers early um, because of what we've seen from Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson to the world, even Kyle Pitts in Atlanta and just the immediate impact that wide receivers seem to make now on the league that they're just like, we'll just draft the next one for cheaper and allocate our resources in different spots. But it's a bold move when you're in win now mode, you don't know how much longer the Derrick Henry freight train express is going to keep going like he was hurt missed a lot of time last year with the foot issue no guarantees that he's making it through 17 games ever again and he's going to be that guy like eventually as much of a unicorn as derrick henry is and as much of a unicorn as the tennessee titans are is it fair to just assume that this is just going to keep rolling and that they will be able to just move off aj brown everything's fine I mean, I think they will be able to move off A.J. Brown. Everything's just fine. But mm. only because everything's fine means they win 10 games, 11 games, which I don't think they'll do. But, like, they win 9 or 10 games, they sneak into the playoffs, and they lose. Like, the, the Titans aren't winning meaningful football games in the postseason with Ryan Tannehill. It's not going to happen. And no one wants to admit it, but they can't get rid of the contract. And I think they all kind of accepted that. I don't know that you – Get rid of A.J. Brown if you think you have a real chance to win the Super Bowl. And I think when you watch what happened last year with Tannehill, at least, you know, I know this is like some fans feel this way. Like, we're not going to win with Tannehill, I think is the general consensus. So why not get Traylon Burks and get that rookie contract and get the picks for A.J. Brown? Because they got a great deal for it, you know. And like, why not? Why not? Why not do that? I, I, I don't know. You know, I got to say, I love all the Malik Willis highlights, but they're all of him running. So, <laughs> well, he's going to be running because this team got the, the offensive line sucked last year. I, I mean, know. he they was, lost Saffold, too. Yeah, they were 26 in sacks. Uh, he took 47 sacks a year ago. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have high upper tier expectations for the Titans. I feel bad for Derrick Henry. Um, I think Derrick's probably looking at A.J. Brown right now going, take me with you um although i don't know that Derek would want to go be with another mediocre quarterback in jalen hurts but uh, sorry better vibes though better vibes totally and more potential more potential for sure higher ceiling but i you know i just i feel like every year we talk about the nfl is who's gonna win the super bowl but there are so many, like 80% of the teams are usually stuck in purgatory. Mm. And I think the Titans are stuck in purgatory, right? Like they're, they're not going to win with Tannehill, in my opinion. And I, you know, I mean, I, I just watched Jimmy Garoppolo play football for four years. And I saw them get to the NFC Championship. I saw them lose the Super Bowl. And like that was like shooting, to, shooting for the moon with Jimmy. Like to get that far is like shows how good the roster was, how good of a coach Kyle Shanahan is. I was going to say the coach. Right. And then like the Titans don't have that coach and they certainly don't have that roster. So yeah, they don't have that amazing defense too. Right. Yeah. No, they just I, I just think, I think there was a mistake. AJ Brown, but I mean, I, I I feel you like, hey, might as well start over. Um, but yeah, you just, I in the end, you just feel bad for Derrick Henry. Yeah, the AFC South has just become, let's uh, 
you know, get a bunch of bulldozers in the backfield and try to run you over. That's basically the AFC South right now in a nutshell. Here's the crazy thing, too, about the Vrabel experience. So what would y'all guess is the least amount of games this man has won in the four years he's been at Tennessee? Who? Vrabel. Like, how many, uh, like, what's his lowest win total to this point? Nine? That's correct. Yeah. Nine. He's I, gone I mean, nine I'm and sure seven, nine and seven, 11 and five, 12 and five. He's 41 and 24. Like, but, but you're in the AFC South. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I want to talk myself out of the Titans is what I'm getting at here. Is like I want to just be like, this is where it ends. And I'm like, is Rabel like secretly just too good and too good of a motivator and just too good of a CEO type coach that like they're when they just can't bottom out, that this team but is just, just incapable of it. It's the same as the Steelers, right? Like, yeah. yeah, they were winning games, but there was no threat. Like anybody that plays the Titans in the playoffs this year is probably going to be, especially in the AFC. Like you think that like the Chiefs yeah. or the Broncos or the Chargers are not looking at that Titans team, like maybe limping in with nine or 10 wins going, please, can I have them in the first round? I just, I don't know. I, they're in a weird hey, by spot. the way, let's talk about the things, though. Like, getting Harold Landry back is huge. Yes. Harold Landry is one of my favorite players. I wish the Niners drafted him all those years ago. That was a good signing, right? I I, I think Traylon Burks is going to do well in the offense. I don't think that getting rid of Anthony Fisker or, Fisker or whatever matters. Signing Austin Hooper, you know, you know, Chase, just what yeah. he Caleb can play. Barbie. He Bar- can play well. And they draft, you know, they brought in center Ben Jones. Like, they made – some moves. Uh, I'm just curious. I don't know that it'll happen, but Tannehill has had some like fans coming for his head style games before. And if he has a couple of those this year, like does Malik Willis come in? Does he play early? I don't think it's it's you had the Steelers thing and that's kind of who they remind me of. It's like we know that they're not contenders, but we also just know that their floor. They're just not going away. The Titans are just going to be competent enough to just be in the playoffs every year and just win the division and sneak in and do just enough. But those last like six or seven Ben Roethlisberger years where you're like, he's not good enough to win a title. But you look around and you're like, they're competent everywhere else. Well coached, that sort of thing. The division's kind of weak. I I, I like the defense. They've invested a lot in the secondary. They've invested a lot, obviously, at the pass rusher spot with Bud Dupree and Harold Landry. And you look up and down the list, like the biggest thing to me, too, is like Taylor Lewan was not good last year. And if the left tackle spot is still an issue, he's entering what, year nine? Um, I I don't think so. And then Robert Woods as the replacement veteran guy, he's 30. Like Robert Woods off of how many injuries? Yeah, exactly. Like you can't count on him and you look past Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. People talk about the Jaguars depth at wide receiver. I mean, there is is, a man named Racy McMath in this. I don't mind uh, Kyle Phillips though. He, yeah. I think I think he's pretty good. Des Fitzpatrick, you know? Yeah, but I mean, the biggest issue though is that like Robert Woods played really well with Sean McVay. And that man is not here in the, on this team, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the Colts, who I think I'm, I, I think we're all pretty high on. I mean, I'm the highest on the Colts of anyone in this division. I think they're my pick to win this division. They are tied with the Titans with the projected nine and a half wins. My question to you, Lori, about Indy, though, are we sure the defense is going to be fine? Like Everflus is gone now. 
and he just had that defense humming year over year. You put in Gus Bradley, uh, your old friend. You watched a lot of Gus Bradley Jaguars football. Does he make sense from a scheme perspective, and do you think the Colts' defense will be just as dominant that they'll be okay with Matt Ryan and company on offense, and that like the it will just it'll work out, and they won't take a step back on the defensive front? So I can't, I can't tell you entirely one hundred percent for the scheme side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm learning more and more about defense every day. Um, I did play linebacker, um, and I played corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, but it, I, you know, I, I played more of like a will. I had, you know, my responsibility was either the slot or I picked up the running back on the outside. I was mm-hmm. never really a blitzer. And for a corner, I played mostly man. Um, so I don't really know in terms of scheme wise. I know that he likes the fast type of offense. He likes quick players. Um, but I do like, I do like a lot of guys that are on the roster. I think the roster on the defensive side is pretty good. Um, even Julian Blackman has looked pretty good. You know, Stefan Gilmore, um, Yannick, uh, and Walkway, uh, obviously he was on the Jaguars mm-hmm. and a lot of people were saying to pay him. I think he can, he puts a lot of pressure on the, on, uh, on the quarterbacks, you know? So, I mean, I don't, I don't mind, you know, Quiddy pay. He's good too. So I, I like their defense. I think, I think they'll be okay to be honest. Um, and I really like Matt Ryan. Like, I think he, yeah. I think he's, he, he, he's definitely a step up from Carson Wentz. That's for sure. What do you think, Evan? Yeah. I mean, like I, I have said this on this podcast multiple times and I understand how deep the AFC is, but like, you guys really like no one on earth can like sleep on the Colts. Jonathan yeah. Taylor is above Jonathan and Taylor. beyond with yeah. with with so many good running backs in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor is aggressively the best running back in the NFL right now. DeForest Buckner is one of the best defensive players, period, in the NFL, and he gets Yannick right next to him. I mean, on top of having, you know, one of the best linebackers. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's going to be really. What, by the way, what's the what's the linebacker's new name? What are we calling him now? Shaquille. Shaquille, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shaquille Leonard. Um, Which is crazy. I, it's but. so funny. I love it. By the way, you know, good for him. But like, that's their defense. Their defense stack. You're and you are right. Quiddy Pay is a very exciting player. Um, they're going to have a very good defense this year. And they also just so happen to have Matt Ryan now. Michael Pittman is one of the you know one of the more underrated uh, wide receivers. People say all the time one of the more underrated wide receivers. Um, but having Pittman, having Jonathan Taylor, having Matt Ryan, uh, Ryan Kelly is center. We, you know we're happy there. I don't know that I think Kiki Kuti coming over from Houston is going to make much of a difference. Um, but yeah, man, I think this team is going to be really good. And I love these storylines. I love Matt Ryan got sent away from the team that he was, you know, he was with since he got drafted. You know, do we get a Peyton Manning Denver Broncos situation? Like, I I don't know. I I don't want 
Chase Thomas to have to watch Matt Ryan win a Super Bowl ring? Oh no, I would be happy for it. No, I, I'm, I'm a Matt Ryan guy. He's the best. He, you know. can make. He's the best quarterback for sure in Falcons history. He was done wrong this whole offseason. No, we're. I he will stand, and career. I'm one thousand percent okay with Matt Ryan getting a ring. If that's what it oh. like, I would emotionally invest in a Matt Ryan playoff run in Indy. The only sure. thing I will say is this. If the AFC West becomes this just Thunderdome and they just beat each other up mm-hmm. for all season long and the Colts can just kind of quietly slip their way in. Yeah. I would like that a lot. I mean, if they, they we just saw it last year, right? Like the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. The AFC was loaded. People forget, like you couldn't go back there. Like the AFC was a good conference this past year as well. Mm-hmm. It's beefed up, obviously, a little bit more this year with Russell Wilson and company in the AFC. But like... I, it would not be all that surprising if the Colts were the number one seed. And if you are what history shows us, if you get to that number one seed, especially now with the just the uh, the expansion of the playoffs anyway, you could see a path to it. Just the, everything coming together with Indy. I'm a little concerned about the wideouts. Like we'll a lot of pressure is on Alec Pierce. Jack Doyle retired. Um, we'll see um, if Paris Campbell can ever stay healthy in the slot. Like we, I, I like Paris Campbell, but he's got to stay healthy. I like uh, their three tight ends too. Well, one of them just went down for the year. The one they liked, Ogletree, who was doing some stuff. He tore his ACL um, this past week. So because you got uh, Jelani Woods, uh, Mo Ali Cox, yeah. and then Kelly Grant or Kylan Granson. They've invested a lot of draft picks in the last couple of years in tight ends. They are uh, Frank Reich likes mm. his tight ends. Yeah, he does. Um, and he has Nick Foles back. He does have Nick time. Foles, and Sam Ellinger has been good in the in the uh, preseason. So, I, I yeah. the offensive line, another thing that's good, and Matt Ryan with a clean pocket is a very very dangerous quarterback. And I would just not not be surprised if the Colts uh, took that leap with Matt Ryan because this is the best quarterback uh, the Colts have had since mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. So that. Mm-hmm. Uh, That'll be fun. And no offense against Philip Rivers. It's just the Philip Rivers that the Colts got is very different yeah, than the Philip Rivers. Was, he, I think how many kids did he even have in the, in the time in which he was there, right? Like, I mean, that man, I think he's in double digits now in total. Um, I think he's coaching too. Uh, high school level. Yeah. Um, also, we'll end on this for the Colts. Uh, Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard. Did y'all see his tweet when he announced it a few weeks back? No. It's, it's the like, nicest. I, yeah. Oh, yeah thing he is just a delight like he said he quote is. i went by shaquille my whole life and i understand that it'll be hard change to be called shaquille after being called darius for four years it's not a huge deal and it wouldn't be no hard feelings if you called me darius shaquille is my middle name that i've went by since 95 people just called him darius like i guess when he got to the league and he just did was too polite to correct mm-hmm. people yeah. and then just went with it for a couple of years and he's like I, mean, I guess i'm good enough to just say i'm actually shaquille like what that, that's what i do though like my name is laurie you yeah. know how many people call me laurie throughout my entire life laurie 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 when it's it's uh, laurie and i don't mm. ever correct correct anybody because oh, you feel like I, it's rude. God, God, God bless you. Because I would. Everyone, I mean, this is funny. You, you probably don't know this, but Chase has been butchering my last name, <laughs> even knowing after the all the thousands of times I've corrected him. That's funny. Yeah, he calls it Sowards, and I'll never not be like that. Is not how you say my name. <laughs> Here's know? how it works, Laurie. Though this is what happened: is when I read, like you see, like it's like when you read a book and you there are certain words that you've seen so many times, and then you have it in your head that that's how it's pronounced. 
and you've yeah. never heard it out loud. But then you hear it out loud and you're like, is that how it's actually pronounced? I, that was not how I had it in my head in the books that, or articles or whatever that I read for years. So when mm-hmm. I see Evan for years and his handle, Evan Sowards, that's what I always thought. So it's like retraining your brain. It's like, oh, and he said it's actually swords. And Evan did that where he didn't tell me that it was uh, swords for a long time in this podcast that I was mispronouncing his last name for a while. So just politeness mm-hmm. all around. Yeah, I, I get it, though. I get it what, where he would, you know, he's finally like, you know what? I deserve this. Right. So I like it. Cool. Yeah. He's um, a good guy. We'll end on the worst team in the AFC South. I don't think there's a path for the Texans not to be the worst team in the AFC South. Levy Smith takes over as head coach. Um, had a pretty good draft. I mean, just thoughts uh, and prayers with John Mechie, who uh, is going yeah. to miss this year uh, while dealing with uh, cancer. I believe he has leukemia. Yeah, um, leukemia. So, yeah. I mean, Cure, just, very curable. And I mean, like, Good, yeah. good diagnosis early and all that, but yeah, not easy. No, I mean, he's coming off a torn ACL too. Like, he got hurt late uh, in the mm-hmm. Alabama season this past year. Like, just rough. The, it's important game, to get it all out of the way, right? Get it away early, and then he's going to have a great, beautiful, loving uh, NFL career. Right, and I hope so, but it's it sucks because that was like the one bright spot when I was thinking about the Texans going in this year with Davis Mills. It's like, all right, if you're going to really give him a shot for a 17 game and like, Hey, this is your tryout. This is, we're going to see if you can do this. Nico Collins, Brandon cooks and John Mechie. You look at that and you're like, that's interesting. That is an interesting trio that has potential that, I mean, that would be a, a fun group to watch. Brandon cooks, not cooked. Uh, he was a uh, leader in targets for this team last year. They extend him. He's still part of this long-term plan, just perpetually underrated Brandon cooks. But I look at this roster outside of it, it's like a lot of people are like, Oh, I love Damian Pierce. Like everybody. I love, that's what I was going to say. I love him. I Everyone love him. loves Damian Pierce. Why do you love Damian Pierce? <laughs> Explain to me the Damian Pierce. Yeah, thing. Well, he was, was like underutilized at Florida. Mm. And he's better than what everybody what everybody thinks. He's I'm telling you, AFC South, like like outside of the Jaguars having like a guy that just really runs guys over, mm. um, they are a team that is like you know, they're they're like that really big ball in Indiana Jones that's chasing you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the AFC South because Damien Pierce, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, they're just three guys that run people over. So I I love Damian Pierce. It's just, you know, you know, the, I'm I you know I I hope the Jaguars will, will do the best. So I was like a little just a tiny bit sad that he went to the Texans, but you know I I think he'll do well there, and I think he already won the starting spot. So and he deserves it in my head, in my eyes. You know, it is sad because it's like on to some respect when you have Deshaun Watson be the quarterback that he is and the trash human being that he is and then leave, you feel bad for the the fans at least of Houston, right? Because you're like, yeah, man, that sucks. You draft arguably like one of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen in a very long time. And you that's like should be like one of the most exciting things ever. And then nothing in good has come since it's happened. And then on top of that, you find out that the organization, the Texans were complicit in a lot of the things that he got away with. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, I feel bad for the fans. If I'm a Texan fan, I'm out. Same. I'm out. Find me in the NFC somewhere rooting for something else. I don't know. You know, you probably can't be a Cowboys fan. It was really weird how it all went down too. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, like he, 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 I don't know. He he like requested like a trade, and then they they benched him because of it, and then like the stuff came out about the massage, and it was just like then you kind of like shot yourselves in the foot, and then you were able to trade him like. And so, like, it kind of worked out for them at the end. Like, right. they didn't hold, they didn't have any accountability towards them. And, like, they got rid of this cancer. But it was just, like, like how the, like, I don't know. I just don't think it's fair. Like, they should be, not. they should be held accountable to the organization, like, the owners. You well, know? Like, I mean. How, how do you offer this to, for him to be doing this in your facility? Like, in your facility. It's the first time that an NFL player actually did something on the soil of the NFL. Right. And they just don't care. That's the thing that drives me insane. It's like he gets suspended for 11 days or 11 games. We've accepted that his actions are worth suspension. But the team that allowed it to happen on site, sexual assault of women, predator stuff, not the good, not the movie, like sexual predator stuff. And they're like, you could do it here so you don't get in trouble. You know, like here's a safe place. It's like your dad. You know how it's like how the dad would be like, "Hey, I want you to smoke weed at the house so that you don't get in trouble." All right, it's, but it's except it's heroin. But it's like way, yeah. I was just saying, yeah. it's way worse than that. Yeah, you know, like it's like like black tar heroin. I, I don't know. The, yeah. I just the Texans team, the Browns team. I I I don't mean to be dramatic, but like I just. I hope I, I want nothing good to happen to those teams. I hope it's that just no hard not free to be cynical about there. all of this stuff. It's hard not to become mm. just so cynical about just where things are going because you look at it and you, I think this week you saw the Texans value. I think they're in the top 10 in NFL team values and just they're, it, they increased value in the last couple of years. And you're just like, there's no real repercussions for that level of wealth right like it's just when you're in that pl- plateau where it's like the haslams can just negotiate this deal that just all this guaranteed money the following year bracing for some sort of suspension with uh watson and all that kind of stuff and you're like that's just how it's gonna be like they're just gonna move past it and they're they take a cynical approach to this whole thing where you know we're just gonna get past it and we're gonna make you get past it and we're gonna make this as com- uncomfortable as possible because they're still if they want to get out and they're like this isn't this is too much for us they're going to make an even bigger fortune than what they paid to get into this because NFL team values are going up like Cal McNair can just sell this team tomorrow and make just an unreal yeah. amount of money that would be the best thing sell and the that's team. what i wish like when we look at the Stephen yeah. Ross situation in Miami Cal McNair i mean Dan Snyder like you look at it there's so many examples right now in the NFL where you just got to get these guys out of here you got to get these families out of here and it's just different rules and it's so hard to just do that and you look at it and you're like I, I, isn't it's just it depressing. sad to your point Chase isn't it sad that we are like celebrating 11 win or 11 game suspension like we're like that feels like a win because it was going to be six. Like, like Deshaun Watson should have been suspended for two years with two years pay taken away from him. Well, $50 million or whatever it was like, and the Texans should have lost a first round pick. Like that's what should have happened. And we're like celebrating 11 games. You go through it and you're like, it's not even bad. It's like the, it shouldn't have happened where the contract should not have happened. Like that kind of contract should never have happened. That kind of, should have been, no, been allowed to be traded right like that exactly that like it. just a permanent yeah, list where you just look at it and you're 
it just it sucks because it's just not going to go away and we're it's just going to move past and i can the framing when he's on tv again and if the browns do well you know it's going to happen where he's going to have like this gross comeback story where it's like he's overcome blah 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 because he is a top five quarterback in this league and him not playing well and them not doing well is just unlikely like it it just it sucks for everybody involved it sucks and i don't i don't know i just don't think there's a positive it's it, i don't want to be super downer here but i just i don't think there's a positive when it, with any of this stuff like it all really sucks and it i don't really know what else to say about it right yeah i mean that is your that's what you say though it does suck and uh yeah well let's end on this uh lori one through four based what would you guess on august 22nd what is your one through four guess on how this afc south unfolds this year oh boy um man i i hate that because i i just you know teams could could really just jump up and you know they could fluctuate but uh, i guess i'm i'm gonna go colts I mean, I think the Jaguars could somehow be better than the Titans. Like, but I'm going to go Colts, Titans, Jaguars, Texans. Um, Just because of Matt Ryan, that's the reason why he's over the Titans, to be honest. Um, Last year, it was definitely the Titans-Colts for me. Uh, But, yeah. I just, uh, like you said, if, if, if Trevor just, if he goes off and he makes that leap, then I think they could, uh, you know, the, the, the NFC South, AFC South could be up for grabs. So. I am very curious to see if that's the case. Um, Evan, you're one through four with this division. The exact same. Oh, okay. So who are the playoff teams for you guys? Does it, is it just one playoff team from the AFC South? The, the AFC, yeah, there's only one. Only okay. one team yeah. is coming out. It's going to be crowded in the AFC West with all three teams going. So, I we'll see. I could see three teams in the AFC North too. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case as well. Um, I'll end on this. I'll say one Colts, and I think they fight for number one overall seed in the AFC in the AFC as a whole. Wouldn't be surprised if they're number one seed. I'll say number two, number three, somewhere around there. And then I'm going to go Jags two. I think the Jags win nine games eight or nine games and then i'm gonna say the titans injuries and the ryan Tannehill regression not having aj brown derrick henry not being healthy for a full year i'm gonna say this is the downturn and this goes awry for them and the texans i think are actually worse than four and a half i think i'm gonna take the under there like three or four i think this is gonna be an awful awful football team this year um laurie what can the good folks check out from you all across the internet this week uh so on the touchdown wire at uh, USA Today, um, I'm uh, I'm writing something right now. Kenyon Drake, he is being let go from the Raiders. Uh, I also may do something on uh, on Pickett and Trubisky uh, with the Steelers after that film. Pickett's kind of going off. So so yeah, definitely those couple things this week. Um, but all throughout the NFL, I mean, all throughout the season, I'll be right on every single team in the NFL. Um, I love suggestions from people. So hey, hit me up on Twitter. Shoot me a follow. Read my stuff. You know, like it, share. And uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter. There at you Arthur go. Patrick. 
There you go. Evan, what about you, my friend? 49ers Hub. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the 49ers Hub uh, website, apparently those in charge, uh, let the domain go. (laughs) So Never good. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I'm lazy. The website will probably be up one of these days, but I don't care. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. Follow the Chase Thomas podcast. Follow Laurie Fitzpatrick, the correct pronunciation. Yes. Um, And give my man Chase a five-star review or else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then shout out to my dog, Milo, because he has been a good boy for the majority of the podcast. You know what's funny about that is you said that, like, I don't know if y'all can hear it, but Khaleesi the Keyshawn is now banging on the door. She's losing it. She's like, this has been enough of a podcast. It's time to play tug. Um, All right. Lori, Evan, thank you as always. Thank you, guys. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Have a great week, guys. You too. All right, y'all. That'll do it for the Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Must Podcast. Thank you as always for making the Chase Must Podcast part of your day listen wherever and however you listen to this program. We greatly appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please you make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on a podcast, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. It helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe, all the good stuff, all kinds of great video content over there. You can also watch every episode on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. You can get in touch with this very program at Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Email me, mailbag stuff, anything like that. Tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. All right, Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.